On this week's episode of Smarter Building Materials Marketing, Beth and I bring on a manufacturer from Australia who's doing some really exciting things with content marketing. They share some strategies and tactics that are helping them outperform and beat larger manufacturers in their market. Regardless if you're a small manufacturer or a large manufacturer, there's some great information in this episode that's going to help you learn how to stay ahead of shifts in the market. The thing I love about this episode is that this manufacturer also shares why in certain situations he recommends his competitor's product. So with that, let's jump into the podcast. Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff. All right, everybody. Welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing. I am Zach Williams, and I've got Beth Popnikoloff alongside me, and we have an awesome show for you today. We actually have a guest from Australia. His name is Phil Scardino. Phil, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Beth. Great to be with you. Phil, we're super excited to have you. I know just in prepping, you said so many things that we believe in really strongly at Benvio. You talked a lot about what you guys are doing, which is a little bit unique in your space, which is you're really investing in content, but not just in content to create it. What you've mentioned to us is that you're really going over the top to deliver value in a way that, and I hope I'm not putting words in your mouth, but in a way that you say you don't typically see in building materials. So before we dive in, though, to the content you're creating, why don't you tell us a little bit about your business? Yeah, sure, Beth. So Gripset Industries is our company here in South Australia, Adelaide, South Australia. We've been manufacturing for more than 30 years now, and we really service the construction and residential market where we produce waterproofing systems for bathrooms, balconies, underground areas, roofing, and we service both the residential and commercial market. So... In Australia, the market's a lot smaller than the US. We serve, you know, we we build it up. We now service the New Zealand market, Micronesia into Fiji. We also get into parts of Asia. But we've always had that green-friendly approach to our business. So our products have always been on the side of uh, non-solvent, non-hazardous. And so we've got an R&D division where we've got a, a lab with three chemists and we put a lot of effort into developing innovative products. And for us, it's important because as an Australian manufacturer, if we're going to compete against some of the cheap imports or some of the corporate companies, we need to have a point of difference. And so that's always been part of our DNA and we've developed and, and grown the business from that. And so for us, it's it's really what gets us out of bed in the morning. We don't go down the path of just making commodities. There are, there's a few lines we have in our range where we've got to have to assist customers and, and contractors particularly, but all of our R&D, all of our development work is about trying to offer something that's different and we look at things that could be more environmentally friendly, more safer to use. But also we're conscious in the markets we're in, labour costs are so high. And so the, the speed of application is so critical. And these days with the disruption that we're starting to see in construction, we need to ensure that we've got products that can offer the client a faster application time because that's where the real savings are. You know, you can, there's so much you can bring the cost down of materials but when you really start to engage with your customers and, and explain to them and, and create the awareness that it's their time that costs. And so if a job can be cut down from three days into two, then there's a big win. And, you know, it's a much smarter approach than trying to drop the price by 10 or 15%. And Phil, one thing that I think is really interesting that if you could share with our listeners is 
part of the way that you guys are differentiating is not just in the product and the technology within your product, but also in the value that you're bringing your audience. Like you guys are producing a ton of content. Like you specifically are, you've got what, a podcast, you've got video content, you're putting out other content out there. Talk to us a little about how you're approaching the content marketing and the way that you're just trying to build value and create value for your audience. Yeah, look, a few years ago, Zach, we analyzed what we were doing and where we could be different in the marketplace. And yeah, we, we were looking at some of the really impressive brands that were making inroads into the US market. And you, know, you go back to that whole why you do things. And I think we, you know, we looked at videos like from Simon Sinek that was talking about the golden circles and having your why. And we, we, I actually worked through the, with my management team on what is our why, what are we trying to do? We've always had, as I mentioned before, we've always been trying to be innovative and, and green friendly, but did we actually get that message out to the marketplace? But it wasn't just about that. It was about getting your message to how you deliver your message. And so the hairs on the back of my neck always come up when I'm getting a hard sell from any supplier. I always like someone that can show me what they've got. And there's an old saying that a footballer lets his feet do the talking. And so I actually thought we've got to t- change our approach and not just shove product knowledge down our our customers' faces, we've actually got to show them that we can give them value in helping their business. So with my team a few years ago, we started a vlog, our Sealed for Good vlog, and we have a weekly vlog where we actually get it out to the marketplace where we were talking about all things about waterproofing and we touched on maybe 5 to 10% of the content about our product, but more about where the things go wrong, where the problems lie in the industry, all the issues that come about. And what we found was that we actually had a lot of contractors and builders starting to engage with us because it was an informative piece of content and they weren't being sold. And, and so we built that up and we did that then with podcasts and we did that like we've got a daily quick tips for contractors. So on our, on our Facebook page, you can see the quick tips where it goes for one minute and we give them a quick tip on what they could be doing on the job site that day. Nothing to do with selling our products but all about anything from avoiding, you know, coming into contact with asbestos right through on how to analyse a different type of timber that you might be coming across on a building site that you've got to put a product onto. And what we found was that that built a lot of trust into our brand because then you are seen as the leader in your field and from that people just tend to come to you as the trustworthy knowledge and the trustworthy source to ask more questions. And we found that from our Facebook page and, and Instagram and all the, different, all the different platforms, there were guys coming to us asking us questions and then they would go, oh, by the way, what products do you have? And that's when we started to realise that we were picking up an audience that we'd never had. What we started with our customers, our traditional customers, has been a lot easier now for our sales staff to get out there because they've seen our brand as something that's a little bit different. None of the corporates do this because it's all about the sell, sell, sell. And we thought we'd take the approach about the give, give, give. And that really has had a huge change for the way we've approached our business. And when I get out there now and talk at shows, you can just tell the difference when you engage with these guys because they think they know you, they see my face on the vlog and it's, hey, Phil, great to meet with you, you know, love the content. And, and those those things really come a long way. Even one of my sales guys the other day, he, he was with a client in Sydney and he said to me he was out with a client presenting and he got a comment at the end of the presentation saying, by the way, that guy that's on your videos, give him a great rap for me. I really like what he does. And when Brad told him, hey, that's our managing director, the guy nearly fell off his chair. He couldn't believe that that was actually me out there with my face 
on the screen, whereas a corporate company is not going to have that with their CEO. And that's where we found the big opportunity is for us. And I think that's the big opportunity for a lot of smaller businesses that are competing against the corporates to have that major point of difference. And that's an intangible value that you can give to your client. How good does it feel when you're like at one of those events, Phil, and someone's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're here. Like I've, I read all your content. Like how, how much of an ego stroke is that? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> uh, look, I don't feel like Mark Mitchell when that happens like that, but no, in all seriousness, it, it's, it does give you a bit of a feeling that at least someone's watching your content. That's for sure. I mean, you know, the fact is we're in an industry where we provide solutions. So, you know, you, you never trust anyone that says, trust me, you know, so the trust is built by what you deliver. And I think the, the thing for me that is most comforting and also for my team is that when we hear contractors or builders or architects speak to us and say, you know, they really don't question what you've got. They come to you with questions to seek knowledge. That part of it, it's reaffirming. It's, it's a real positive. And I think what it's done for my team is it's, it's reassured that our brand is doing something different out in the marketplace and we have our point of difference. When you put yourself out there in social media, you do expose yourself. But the fact is, if you've got nothing to hide, you're out there to give. And, and so we know that some of our competitors that are not corporates would never put their face out there because they probably want to stay away from some of the questions that we get asked. And we don't, we don't dodge the, the difficult questions. You know, we get, you get, always get someone that wants to have a, a bit of a dig or you get the hater or the negative out there. But the fact is, it's, it's when you deliver good content, I think people, you, you do have that depth of engagement. I remember you know, reading a long time ago with one of Gary Vaynerchuk's books about it's not the width of your following, it's the depth of the follower. It's really good. And that's really played on me a lot. And I've always keep reminding our team about let's not get hooked up on and being seduced on how many followers we've got. Let's look at the, the followers that are keep engaging with us, those ones that are making the phone calls, sending the direct messages, always out there promoting us because they're out there selling for you. And that's, that's really what you find. It, sometimes it feels like these followers we've got are actually more effective than our sales team because they do the selling for you. Not that I've got anything against my sales team. They're doing a great job, but these guys are doing that for you. Love you, sales team. The thing I love about what you're saying, Phil, and it's something that we preach, is that you know manufacturers for so long have tried to compete on just the value proposition of the features of their product. My product performs better than my competitors in this situation. That's why you should buy it. And what you guys are saying is like, yes, that's important, but where the industry is headed, there's so much more around the value that your brand can bring from an educational standpoint that's adding to why people want to buy from you. Is that correct? Uh, look, I think that's, that's spot on the money, Zach. I mean, I, I think when I even listen to podcasts like yours and we see other things that come out of the US particularly, the, those, those manufacturers that are actually proving that they have, they are the resource of reliability, they're the go-to company is a value that you just can't buy. You need to build that. And so if you have your people always providing value and solutions instead of just saying buy my product because it does A, B, and C, I really don't talk about my product in many presentations until the last five minutes. And in fact, sometimes I don't even have to talk about it because by that stage they're sold because they're going to come back to you and ask the questions. And as soon as you start finding that, that the audience or the client are starting to ask you a question about an application or a problem, then you know that they're coming to you for knowledge and a solution. And, and that from that end, you don't need, it, it's like a conversation. It's almost like a cocktail party. You talk to someone around, you, you work the room and you find that 
all of a sudden people just want to keep coming to you to ask you more questions. And I think the biggest problem with manufacturers is that a lot of times in the past we were culprits of this. We'd rely on our marketing team to just come up with some campaign and flog something that we thought we could do against the corporate. Our point of difference now is that we are so conscious of being non-corporate. That's the big piece. That's the winning formula for us. Well, you've got such a pulse on the industry too. I imagine that like you have people come to your events or you see somebody at a trade show or something like that. Like you just said, like they just trust you because they know that you know them. Like you know them at a deeper level. You understand their pain points. And that probably drives at the value proposition of your product like development too, because like you're constantly trying to help them solve the problems that they have within their, within their daily job. Is that, is that right? Yeah, very true. And the other thing, Zach, is you. I think a long time ago, I, I really came to the realization that not everyone's your client. And so if you try and please everyone, you're actually going to dilute your message. You've got to cut through all the nonsense and actually just realize that you might be talking to an audience of 100,000 people on a podcast or whatever it might be, but it might only be five or 10,000 that really want to hear what you've got to say, but they're the ones that are actually going to be the lifetime value client. Whereas we see a lot of the time that, you know, there's this diluted message because we're trying to please everybody and everyone goes away with a good feeling, but they actually feel nonetheless engaged with your brand. And I never want that. And so for us, we've realized who our client is, you know, who we need to make sure that we have on board and who's important for us. And, you know, we've had, we now have got people paying to come for training sessions in Adelaide. And Adelaide from Sydney and Melbourne, for your listeners that don't realise, it's like two hours, two and a half hours from Sydney. They fly over, they spend two days in our training centre. They're paying for that. And that's all come out of the belief that they're going to walk away more knowledgeable with being trained in our products. Now, if we tried it the other way about just trying to sell them something, it would never have worked. And this is now we're actually booking weekend sessions in our training centre because we've got people that want to be part of the journey and they want us to be part of their journey and that's such a satisfying piece and so there's that there's that formula that you find that if i can say all the crap aside about what you know you've been taught in marketing and actually just the engagement with your client and what can you deliver to them the rest just takes care of itself and it's a really good feeling you guys are an incredible case study for what you can actually reap if you go all in on that delivering value, the value, 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 which we know it feels really uncomfortable. It's basically the opposite of what we've all been taught. You know, that's what you and Zach were just talking about. Can you tell us a little bit about what that journey looked like for you? I know we were talking before the podcast, you said it's been a couple of years and it really, it took a while as we know, because this is the long game, you know? So tell us what that journey looked like for you and tell us if you wanted to bail because that would be okay. And maybe like what kept you in or how glad you are that you didn't fail. <laughs> Look, I've been very fortunate, Beth. I've got a couple marketing in my marketing team. It was very new for us. And one of them said, look, Phil, I think we need to share your story. First, though, she wanted to say, she said, you've got a great story about your brand, how you develop the products, the journey. Let's start telling that. And you know, look, it sounds great, but when you've got to put yourself in front of that camera for the first time, even with a phone... You know, you, you think you can say it, but then when you've got to get out there, it's like, wow, like, you know, I'm starting to actually talk out there. And you see yourself back in those early videos and you look very awkward. But <laughs> <laughs> we don't know anything about that. We can totally resonate with that. Maybe not Beth. <laughs> I can resonate with that, right? I'm always extremely natural. I don't know what you're talking about. 
But the beauty of social media and YouTube is that it's the authenticity of that exact unscripted, non-Hollywood type production. That pe- that's exactly what people want to see. They want it because they can. The, the BS radar now for everybody is so sharp with social media. Mm-hmm. They can see through the produced content versus the real raw and authentic piece. So, did I ever want to bail? Probably not. But I've got to tell you, I wish we could go back and delete some of the videos that we actually had put up over time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that actually makes you more authenticity. Yeah, it makes, it makes it more real. I look weird. Um, you know, and, I, and my kids are looking and go, "Dad, you had a really bad hair day there." And I'm going, "Wow, you know, that's that's all I need." But the fact is, you end up with people actually take less notice of what you look like and what the content is. But it's the realization yeah. and. That's the piece I've learned that over time, you know, you start with a couple likes and a couple comments and then you start to see that, you know, it grows and then you get a point of difference out there because we've had some posts and some videos that really resonated and sometimes you think they're the ones that I didn't think they were going to work and all of a sudden they just took you by surprise and they were the ones that really hit home hard, which is great. And so, you know, you said something before, Beth, about playing the long game, and I keep saying this to our guys, it is the marathon that you're running, it's not the sprint. And if you go in understanding this is an ongoing piece and really it's it's ongoing to the point that you can't just put all your eggs on social media. You, you need, you know, there is LinkedIn and there's Facebook and there's Instagram and there's Twitter, but it really is complementing everything else that you're doing. And you need to try and get, be as good as you can with all of it. But from my end, I've... Now it, it seems odd when there's a week where we don't actually record anything and it's quite strange. And now you, you get spontaneous. You pick the camera up and you just put post something on there and, and people love that. And then what's the most fun I think that we have is when you get comments that come through and then you, you just get the dialogue going back and forth. And that's when you know you've got people and you realise that after you've read about three or four comments that there's been no mention of your products. It's all about the help that you're giving them with their problem. And that problem-solving piece is always back to base. I think that's the part. If you remember, that's what your customers are there for and don't get caught up in any of your ego and and what your product is. Because at the end of the day, our competitors have got great products too, but it's the why, not the how that that counts most. And and that's really where I think we've, we've understood that. And what I've found, just going back to your point before, Beth, my team now, almost to the point that they're working out different ways and better ways that we can do things and they're looking at it, and it's been fantastic. You know, we've done things at Christmas time, around Easter, around special events, and some work, some don't. But the fact is, again, it's it's authentic. It's us, and you get better at it. You know, and you get to review it, and some of your campaigns just just fly. Now it's it's the team around me are always sort of really pushing us forward in terms of how we can do something different, better, ensure we're not boring to the client, the customer base out there. That we are actually delivering value. And I think that's where we start with the whole, the week. What are we going to deliver today? And so, you know, I came up with something at Christmas time saying, these guys are in their cars, they're on building sites, they're on Facebook. Let's have a one-minute quick tip every day about what they could find on a building site. And it was just a real quick idea I had and I recorded about 50 or 60 tips that our team then started to release every day. And it's amazing how that has actually led to sales because, you know, we've had guys that have listened to something and that sparked an idea for them to then ask another question. So you've always got to be out there understanding that it is that long game. Don't expect to start posting a couple of videos or podcasts and, and get uh, overnight success. It, it, it will take you 12 months to start cutting through and 
it'd take you 12 months to get good at what you're doing, at least. But the more you do it, the better you get. You know, Phil, one thing that we're seeing and that doesn't get talked about a lot is that there's a new age of contractors, architects, builders that are coming up. There's, a, there's an aging out that's happening and then there's a new set of workforce that's coming in. Can you talk to us a little about how your content distribution, the content that you're creating is, is resonating with that new, younger audience? Yes, yeah, certainly. Look, we're, we're finding that that's been one of the most exciting areas of our client growth has been the, what we call the next generation of tradespeople, uh, both male and female, because you've got guys that have taken on a trade, they've been to trade school, they've served their apprenticeship, worked for someone for a few years, and now they're in their 30s or early 40s and created their own business. And because they've learnt and lived with social media, that transparency, I love the transparency of social media because as soon as I see on Instagram, for example, a ceramic tiler or a waterproofing contractor that's putting his work out there, I know that they're trying to do the right thing because no one is ever going to take the chance of putting any crappy work out on the internet, onto social media. So from us, that's the piece to engage. And so you, we actually, I, you know, not that I stalk these guys, but I troll them sometimes and you see what the work they're doing and you send a comment you like, then they check you out and find out who you are. But I find that that's really where your lifetime value client is. And for a lot of building material suppliers that might be competing against corporates, we're one example. There's many of these opportunities out there that you can actually source this next generation of tradespeople. And if they're in their 30s, you know you're going to have another 20 years of being that of them being your lifetime value client. And that is where I believe that we've found a huge resonation with that type of client base because these guys that are living on their phones, are living on social media, that's where the attention is. And so if you can deliver content via social media to these guys, they're more than likely to come across you, look at you first before they're going to go to a magazine or the traditional form. Half of them don't even listen to radio anymore. They're listening to podcasts when they're on a building site. It's great to hear that and see what these guys are doing. And so for us, that has been a huge source to both engage with customers but also find new customers. And I, I've always told my sales team, those guys that are out there, whether they're builders or contractors that are putting their work and being transparent and showing it, they're the ones we want to follow because no one does that if they're not looking for delivering a quality product. Phil, what advice would you give to other manufacturers who are looking to create this kind of high-value content? Look, the advice I'd give to other manufacturers is to firstly sit and really realize where your point of difference is with your products. You may have the same solution that your competitors have and a corporate might have, but your story is a unique one, whether it be about your product, where, you, where you've come from, how you make your product, and that is a unique piece that you need to own. So I think that's the first point. Secondly, once you've done that and you've identified that piece, it's then understand what sort of customer out there are the ones that are going to want to connect with that. Because if that's your point of difference, how can you deliver a message that's different than what everyone else is doing? Because the fact is now the amount of information that's coming through the internet and social media it's like sometimes trying to take a drink from a fire hose. It's just gushing at you. So how can you be that point of difference and what can, how can you resonate that message differently than, than everyone else is doing? And so we took the approach to, as I said, not sell, 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 but to give, give, give. And we found that all of a sudden 
that just flipped the customer base on its head for us, that we we found there were more genuine, deeper engagement from that. So I, I believe that any manufacturer, firstly, understand where your story is different from everyone else. What can you actually give to your customers that no one else is giving? And then once you've got some sort of engagement with them, how can you keep delivering something that's different, whether that be free information? Don't always try and sell them a solution. Give them the solution. You know, actually give it to them. There's been times we've actually recommended a competitor's product, believe it or not. I've had guys call us or message us online and want something, and we, we don't want to just go and give them a second-rate product, and we've actually guided them to our, towards our competitor. And these guys are like, wow, like you're actually guiding us to your competitor? And the fact is that the next inquiry they're going to have, they're going to come back to us. And so that piece actually is where you build the trust because you can't be like the secondhand car salesman that sort of thinks you own everything and, and you, you know, it's only your product that's going to be able to sell. If you can actually show that your customer that you're caring for them getting the result that they need for their business, then that's where you build the trust. And that is the piece I think that, you know, smaller companies that are not corporate, whether you can have your general manager or preferably the owner of the business that can have the confidence to get out there in some way to put a face to the brand, then you build trust with that immediately because people can identify that there's someone genuine. And as I said before, everyone's BS radar now online and with social media, they can sniff they can sniff a snake oil salesman from the real article very, very quickly. And so just tell your story and deliver really what it is that comes from your heart and you win them over. And I'm certain of that. And we keep doing that. Yeah. You're saying two things that I just want to make sure we're hitting on hard felt because it's two really important points about the content. If you're going to take this high value content direction, the first that you've mentioned a couple of times is if you want to be seen as an authority in the space, which we all know is a great way to target your customers, you have to be that authority. And for like you're saying, for most small manufacturers, they really are the authority. They started their manufacturing business for one reason or another, because typically they come out of the trade, create something or find something they think is really valuable and then want to partner with that really valuable product. So it's like you are, they have all of that knowledge. Your customers and potential customers need to know that because that's a huge differentiation point. The other thing that I think is so interesting from what you're saying is that this approach hasn't just led to more sales, almost more importantly, it's actually led to lifetime customers. It's not just those quick sales that you're getting. You're not seeing this viral exposure because I think that can maybe be a disconnect that people make when they're thinking about creating content is, oh, I'm going to create this content. It's going to you know, have this huge explosion. All these people are going to come to my site and then buy my product. It's like we're saying, since it's the long game, you're actually getting long-term customers, not necessarily quick, you know, multi-million dollar sales on the spot, but you're getting those guys who are bought into you for life. And because you're targeting probably that younger demographic who's looking for the content, you're getting those guys who've got 20, 30, maybe even 40 years ahead of them as tradesmen that are going to be purchasing from you for the next 30 years that's incredible. Like that's such an investment that you couldn't get with, you know, just traditional marketing alone. That's very true. I mean, just recently, I've got one tomorrow and I've got one next week in Melbourne. I, I received an email from a building authority 
that's connected to the government that sent me an email saying, we'd like to invite you as an industry expert to join a roundtable discussion on where the development of waterproofing training needs to happen with tradespeople in the country. And when I looked at the invite list, I went, I'm the only manufacturer on this list, you know, like, and everyone else is from an association. So there's obviously more than just our customers that are reading the content. And that comes from, you know, the last few years of the work we've done where I've written blogs and we've had the vlogs out there and the podcast where we're not just talking about our product, we're talking about how the industry needs to improve and where we see the ability to all play a role in that improvement. Because our main aim is to ensure that buildings are built damp-free, leak-free. That's really the key for us. And so that's always been our mantra. And so people understand immediately that, okay, you are the expert, you're a trustworthy source, let's get you around the table to talk. And I was really blown away and yeah, that's two consecutive weeks. So that's, for me, that's that means that someone's paying attention to what we're doing. That's a big deal. Congratulations. You know, Phil, what I love about this podcast is we're asking you to talk about how you're giving and you're actually giving in the process of talking about how you're giving. <laughs> <laughs> we can't thank you enough for coming on. This has been awesome. And I love to see that you follow a lot of the things that we tend to believe in and preach as well. If somebody wants to get in contact with you, if they've got questions, what's the best way for them to reach out? They can get a hold of me. Gripset.com is our website, but if they go to Gripset on our Facebook page or Instagram, they'll find me somehow. Uh, type it in, we're the only Gripset in Australia. And yeah, well, look, we're there. I've got my LinkedIn profile, which is my name, Phil Scardino. But we're there, not just myself, but the, you know, we've got a customer service team and a technical team that are there to help customers. We deal with customers all over the world with various inquiries. We'd love to hear some out of the North American market for sure. If we can help and add some value or give you a bit of solution advice from a different part of the world, then we'd love to be part of that. Very cool. Well, Phil, thank you again for joining us. And if you want more great content like this, go to venvio.com slash podcast. Until next time, I'm Zach Williams alongside Beth Popniklov. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to Smarter Building Materials Marketing with Zach Williams and Beth Popnikola. To get the resources mentioned in this podcast, visit venvio.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.